This is Keep It 100, a podcast from Spotswood Creative that is designed to keep it real and honest about worship practices in the 21st century. We want to help you work through those issues like choosing worship songs, leading as a volunteer, worship stereotypes, worship conflicts, and figuring out if the theology is right in the song you just love or if you should just put it away. Hello, hello, hello. What is going on, everybody? Um, we are excited to be back this week. Yeah? Yeah, we took a little a little week we'll in see between. Us yes. Um, just to kind of reset, refresh, but we're happy to be back. Yes. Um, and on our Worship War 2 yes. this week. Yeah, yeah. I, th- I think a lot of times we... we anticipate that wor- the worship war is only contemporary and traditional stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's not. And that's what we're going to talk about today. We actually have another worship war after this one. There's actually, you know, we've, we've gone through several. We're kind of, I still think we're kind of coming out of the one we're about to talk about today. Um, but we're still in it a little bit. I mm-hmm. think for our church, it's very relevant. Yeah. Um, so uh, worship war two established church worship versus emerging church Hmm. worship. Um, So I I guess it's important. uh, Some of you, this may be the first time you've ever heard of those two terms, established church or an emerging church. Um, So I guess we should establish what an established church is. I see what you did there. see what you did there. Um, I, I, I guess the easiest way for us to describe what an established church is, um, is if you're a Spotswood Baptist Church member, you're a part of an established church. Our church has been around for, for well over 50 years. It's been, we've established traditions. We've established ways that we do things. We've established, um, our position in the community. Um, so yeah, that's the, we have, we've developed who we are. A little deeper roots, probably. Yeah. Deeper roots, stronger roots. Mm-hmm. Um, there's good and bad that comes with that. Um, but you get, I would say any church that is over the age of probably 45, you could probably call it an established church or 40. You know, you could call it an established church. Um, I've always been in established churches. Um, uh, my home church, Taylor Church Baptist, was an established church. It's 150-something years old. Um, my first uh, worship pastor role um, was 100, that church was 125 years old. Um, and now I'm here at Spotswood, which I believe we are almost 70 years old, 70-ish years old. So, um, yeah, older churches, uh, that doesn't mean that they're not missional, doesn't mean that they don't have a purpose, doesn't mean that they don't have different styles of worship. Mm -hmm. Um, There are plenty of established churches that do nothing but contemporary worship. Mm -hmm. So, Bailey, why don't you tell us a little bit about what an emerging church looks like? Yeah, so um, I have also only ever really served at established churches. Um, I've kind of done um, a few, like, outside work like jobs at other like emerging churches, I guess. But my, my, um, main service has always kind of been at established churches. So my home church, um, 
where my dad's a worship pastor and the church I served at when I graduated college. Those are both established churches. But um, where I'm from and where I went to school, there is um, what we would call an emerging church that started there. It's called New Spring. Um, our Virginia folks, you may not have heard of New Spring. Our South Carolina friends, you have only heard of New Spring. Right. <laughs> um, and I have a lot of close friends that work at New Spring, um, that serve at New Spring. And when we describe New Spring as an emerging church, I'll paint a visual for you. You're probably going to walk in and the stage is going going to be all black. You're going to have a bunch of moving crazy lights probably. Um, you're going to have those comfy chairs. No the theater views. style. Theater yes. style. <laughs> um, and everyone's going to be dressed in ripped jeans and a denim. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> but probably. Um, and it's these newer style churches that most likely only have one style, I say style, of worship. Mm -hmm. um, so it's most likely going to be a contemporary style. Think elevation. Sure. Um you know, the the churches that have become larger and some would even define them as like a mega church is, yep. is a lot of them. Are. A lot of them are mega churches um, and not all of them. Um, but I do think it's interesting. And Josh and I didn't really talk about this. I think it's interesting that some established churches have started leaning more towards being like an emerging church. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I found that in a lot of the churches I visited when I was in college because mm -hmm. they started realizing, oh, like we're catering to a younger demographic. Younger demographic might want to go to a more modern church. Yep. Um, so it is interesting. Um, and these churches probably have not been around for more than, I mean, I don't even know when New Spring started. I, I want to say New Spring is... I think I was in middle school. So it's probably close to... I think it started before you were in middle school. I I think it's probably over. It's it's about twenty years old. Okay. I'm sure there's some somewhere on the internet. The internet, but we're not going to click around. No, and we're see, not click but, around. But um, something like that. That um, yeah, we have a lot of history with the new hearing. My family does, and it's it's good stuff. But yeah, so I just recall going there in middle school and being like, whoa, because my church had yeah. never seen a a light without a little slide in gel before. Yeah, I, I think uh, an accurate way, uh, maybe if, if you're like, man, I'm still not getting what, what they mean by this established church thing. If you were to go into, think think of established church as walking into like a mom and pop store. Mm -hmm. And it's like, um, you know, you get that like really personal touch that like... Uh, it's more like a established church is more like a home cooked meal, you know. <laughs> yeah. Um, which there's nothing wrong with that. I love home cooked meals. Yeah. You know, um, an emerging church is more like going to the mall. Yeah. In terms of the way that it feels, I'm not describing that. Don't over psychoanalyze what I'm saying here. Yeah. I'm not saying that an emerging church is, is a mall and it's you know completely consumer driven. Blah blah blah. And then don't don't go down that. That's absurd. Um. But the in terms of style of building, style of mm -hmm. the way the church feels, you know, a, an established church feels like going to a mom and pop store in downtown Fredericksburg. Emerging church feels like walking into the town center off of Route Three. Yeah, you know, um, and and the, if you don't know what the town center is, people that aren't from Fredericksburg, that's a mall. Yeah, 
um, that it, it, it has a different feel and it's intentionally that way. Yeah. And if you want to oversimplify it, maybe an established church, imagine steeple. Yep. And then an emerging church, imagine a box. Yes. <laughs> yes. That's great. Um, and yeah, so that's like oversimplifying it. So there's some differences for sure, especially as far as appearance is concerned. Sure. Um, so I guess what we need to do is we need to say, we, we need to ask this question, why is there a war? Uh, and how does that, how has that affected worship of the church? Well, I, I think the, because of our consumeristic culture, we compare things naturally. Which one's good? Which one's bad? Which one's ugly? Which one's better? Which one's worse? Why does this work for me? Why does that not work for me? Um, and in that, we have created this war. Um, I know, you know, I've been with people since I've been here. They compare Spotswood against other churches. And they, nine times out of ten, end up talking about worship and why, you know, and, and the music style or the way this feels or the way that feels or, you know, what ends up happening is we end up forcing these two ways of doing church away from each other. Mm. Now, I do think, to be fair to the established church, I do think that the emerging church is a reaction to some of the things that have been poorly done in the established church. I think that the the emerging church folks, a lot of them, which I think Bailey has said this in, in previous podcasts, she didn't call it the emerging church, but a lot of people that go to churches that look more like a big box as opposed with a steeple, they, they've left the churches that had the steeple, you know, mm -hmm. because of something that happened, albeit fair or not. Mm -hmm. They left it for a reason. And, um, and once again, not trying to dive into whether whether those reasons are biblical or fair or not it's just the truth people have the emerging church came out of a place where people felt the need to start something that didn't look like what yeah. was established yeah is that fair yeah i think that's super fair um so what we end up having, what used to be contemporary versus traditional, is now established versus emerging. Mm. I can't believe you would go to a church that looks like that, that sounds like that. Okay. And, and that's on both sides of the aisle. I mean, I, I can tell you a ton of um, a ton of folks that have left um, left the established church to go to go to an emerging church. I can tell you a ton of folks that that will never understand why you would want to go to an established church mm -hmm. that are in an emerging church that don't have really any reason to say that. Right. They just say that. Um, and usually it comes back to worship in some way, shape, or form. Mm -hmm. I don't like the way this group does worship. I don't like how loud this group is, or I don't like how unauthentic this group is. You know, it's just, mm -hmm. it's kind of silly. I remember the big debate when I was in probably middle school. I think it was the first church um, we were at. And I remember the whole thing was like what you wore mm -hmm. because that was right when people started wearing jeans to church. Yeah. Or you a khaki and polo shirt. Yes. Um, and I just remembered that was kind of the point that my dad would always drive home is like, it doesn't matter what you wear. Like you can still worship. Like if you're wearing blue jeans or 
if the person next to you is wearing a dress, like you can do that. Um, I think that debate probably has simmered a little bit more. Sure. Um, kind of, you know, it's, it's kind of, I wouldn't say it's died at right. all, but I, I definitely think that people are kind of moving forward with that and understanding like, okay, it doesn't really matter what we're walking into church wearing, like as long as our heart is, you know, worshipful. So I just kind of think of that of like, I know the emerging church was really big at that time. And sure. that was honestly a big reason why people started leaving the established church because they felt like they could be who they wanted and wear what they wanted when they went to an emerging church. Right. Um, which sounds so silly, but if you do it on the flip side, man, where did the church fail to make people feel like they couldn't wear a t-shirt and worship? Yeah. Um, so think of it that way. I'm not saying every established church is bad or every, every established church had that debate or argument or made someone feel that way, but the church as a whole did something to make people feel judged in that way. Correct. Um, and that's sometimes a hard pill to swallow. I mean, I say that me and Josh both coming and being at an established church, mm -hmm. um, we're coming from established churches and we're currently working at one. So um, think of it that way as the church as a whole. Okay. We identified as like a traditional style or an established church. Maybe there were some things that we did to make people feel like they weren't welcome or, you know, what did we do as an individual, as a part of the body of Christ to make right. people feel like they had to completely step away from this established church and start their own version of church that is still biblical and, you know, kind of create their own. Okay. Well, let's, let's let everyone know they're welcome here. Um, and I, that wasn't easy. Yep. <laughs> it's not an easy thing. Um, so I, I guess like on the flip side, that's a way to view it is maybe in your head, you're like, I can't get behind the separating, establish and emerging. Well, just think of it as the church, like yep. establish is the early version I say early version, the 21st century early version of yeah. the church and, you know, you know, the emerging church as like the new age version of the church. Yeah. Um, and it's, it, it, I, I think it's healthy to look at it as these are people that are coming alongside the established church. Yeah. Um, I, I, it scares me a lot when we look at a church that doesn't look like the building doesn't look like the shape of our building and the way people dress on Sunday or whenever they go to worship mm -hmm. doesn't look like the way we dress when we go to worship or when, you know, the, the structure of their, the, like their, their logistical structure doesn't look like, like if they have like four services on a Sunday and they're all the same and, mm -hmm. you know, if we judge their theology based off of those those things solely, then we're siloing ourselves yeah. away from them. Yeah. Um, I have plenty of friends that work at established established churches and emerging churches, and their theology is the exact same. Mm. 
but we there the war comes in is when we start uh, start assuming that that it's different just because they physically look different. So I would say, you know, what we need to be asking is is why have we siloed ourselves off? And I think, you know, we're going to do the same thing with this war worship wise. We're going to do the same thing that we did with the last one and we're going to talk about the good, bad and ugly of established church worship mm. and we're going to do the good bad and ugly of emerging church worship and then we're going to talk about how do we get out of this war and a lot of it is is a lot of it is all of us choosing all of us on both sides people in the established world and people in the emerging world surrendering their pride mm. Because there is definitely pride on both sides. Yeah, I've heard some established, established uh, emerging church pastors just blister from the pulpit. Established churches, that's not healthy, dudes. Yeah, that's that's not good. You can disagree with somebody in the way that they they structure their church logistically, but you don't need to blister their efforts to spread the gospel just because they have a steeple on their building. So, and vice versa. Yeah. So you were talking about, you know, them looking differently. And um, we referred to how maybe the two kinds of churches would have a preference on the way people dress or, you know, what they're wearing. Um, and, like, what it does to, like, silo ourselves and, like, why do we do that? And I thought of New Spring Campus Greenville, and now it's New Spring Eastland. So back mm. back in Greenville, there is um, an established church called it was just Eastland, right? Eastland, yeah, Baptist. Eastland Baptist, yeah. Um, and New Spring, this church we've been talking about, they have campuses all across South Carolina. Um, and they had a Greenville campus for the longest time in a temporary space, and for years and years and years, they were like wanting to get their own space, and um, they were at a convention center kind of semi-permanently, but they had been there for a very long time. Um, well, this church down the road from them, an established church on a hill with a big old steeple, um, Eastland Baptist Church. Yep. Um, I never attended Eastland, but I did know some people that went to Eastland. I mean, very, I would say leaned more towards a traditional style. Um, maybe not as much like in the past few years, but they definitely had a more traditional style than New Spring. Um, and fast forward to 2020, New Spring and Eastland actually ended up partnering. New Spring redid Eastland's building um, and expanded it. And now it's New Spring Eastland and those congregations merged together. Yep. Um, and I feel like that is such a beautiful picture of an established church with an emerging church and people figuring out how to set aside their pride and come to a conclusion. Um, but I know it was a long process. I don't know the ins and outs of it because, you know, I'm not on staff there or anything, but I do know it was a long process and I could imagine it didn't happen easily. Right. Um, probably on both sides because the styles like outwardly and within like, worship music and probably yep. even preaching styles were very different. Oh yeah. Um, 100%. I, I knew the worship pastor that was at Eastland. He's still there. 
Jerry? Yeah. Oh, love me some Jerry Stepp. Jer- Jerry's awesome. And, um, you know, he he's he's an older guy, mm-hmm. has this massive heart for Jesus, though. Oh, my though. goodness, yeah. He's just the sweetest person you'll ever meet. And New Spring, you know, they could have come in and just said. And I know the, the worship. The um, contemporary leader, guy, the, yeah. Uh, well, girl, Bridget. Girl, yeah. Bridget, yeah. So they have a worship, a female worship leader yeah. at New Spring, um, that campus. Well, and, and you, New Spring to me took this massive high road. The, their, their way of doing things works. Mm-hmm. And they've proved it by really? starting countless campuses that are flourishing. Yeah. But they saw this church, this established church that was struggling, and they didn't want the church, to, like the, the people within the church didn't want to die. How can we bring the two worlds together and have a healthy have a healthy environment? And New Spring took, took a high road, as did Eastland. You know, Eastland opened their hands and mm-hmm. said, okay, New Spring, we need help. Yeah. We don't know how to fix this, but you guys are really successful. But we don't want to lose who we are as a church. Mm-hmm. But we know that there are some things that we may need to change to yeah. survive. And so this beautiful thing happened. And what I see in that picture, Bailey, is both parties had a reason to be anxious going mm-hmm. into it. Yeah. yeah, Both parties had reason to go and say, you know, that established way of doing things doesn't work. Because look at their church; it's not work. It's not yeah. working out for them. They had a reason to say that because what they were doing, what New Spring was doing, was successful, and what Eastland had done, it just wasn't working. Yeah, anymore. 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 Doesn't mean that yeah. it didn't work in the past. It yeah. just wasn't working here, and they were scared they were going to lose the church. Eastland could have been scared to death that New Spring was going to just torch everything that they yeah. they did and just completely change them as a church and disregard people that had kept that church alive for a long, long, mm-hmm. long time. But both of the both parties chose to not be anxious about it. And I look to uh Matthew six. Um Matthew six twenty five says, Therefore I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. If is not life more than food and the body more than clothing. Look at the birds of the air they neither sow nor reap nor gather it in, into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not more valuable than they? And which of you, by being anxious, can add a single hour to the span of your life? And why are you anxious about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. Yet I tell you, even Solomon in all of his glory is not arrayed like one of these. So why do I read that? They... They could have worried about every aspect of both of their bodies. Mm-hmm. But they chose to put aside their differences. And I personally think, based off some of the leadership that I know mm-hmm. at New Spring, they are a better church now because they partnered with Eastland. Yeah. As opposed to just buying their building and using it for their own purposes. Because they, they probably could have bought the building. Mm-hmm. If they I could can have. imagine, yeah. They probably they probably could have bought the building, and Eastland is better because they've learned some practices mm-hmm. that they probably normally wouldn't have been open to. Yeah, and now both bodies are flourishing together as New Spring Eastland. Yeah, it makes me laugh because Dad um, had a conversation with Jerry probably like right when they started like merging together, and 
Jerry was like, yeah, like it's going well. I, this is my old man Southern voice. <laughs> um, yeah, like it's going well. We we get together for meetings, and once we're done, all those young people, they split off, and they go work at coffee shops and, you know, go work in the lobby of places, and I got the whole office to myself. <laughs> and I thought that was so funny. I was like, that is honestly how it works. Yep. And Dan said something similar yesterday because – um, you know, the student offices here, we have like good lighting. It's mild. We don't turn on the overhead lights. There's like couches and comfy chairs. And Dan walks in and he was like, y'all got the setup in here, don't you? And we were like, <laughs> yeah, this is the only way we can work. <laughs> and he said, I know y'all have to have a very specific vibe, don't you? Um, so it's so funny. I mean, it does make me laugh. But you talking about, you know, those verses in Matthew um, made me think ahead to Matthew 7. I think it's Seven eleven. It's one of my memory verses. Yep. Um, but it talks about like if you who are evil or you who are fallen as children know how to give good gifts to your children, then how much more will your father in heaven give, give good gifts to those who ask? Mm. And I feel like that is just also such a beautiful example. Of, like any church, you know, we're referring to New Spring and Eastland, but any church, like if we don't go in with the open hands of saying like our father like if we think we know good things, mm-hmm. oh my goodness, does our father know good things? Um, and so many good things can come out of walking in with open hands to whether it be a worship style or seeing how someone dresses. Um, I think about Easter Sunday here. I wore a dress and heels for the first service, and I said, "You know what? I'm not going to change." And I I have not worn a dress in the contemporary service since I've been here until that point. Mm-hmm. And I was like, this might feel kind of weird because I'm wearing heels and a dress. But it was fine. Like it was right. it like it would have been silly for me to sit here and be like, oh, I can't wear a dress in the contemporary service. Right. Like we're singing Hillsong. I can't wear a dress. So, I mean, it's kind of all the same things of like whether you're thinking of clothing preference or worship songs or worship styles like if you walk in with open hands, understanding that our father knows the good gifts way better than we do, yep. then, you know, our preferences really don't matter. And there's and in that mindset, in that, you know, concept of unity, like biblical unity of understanding that, like, there's no chance that we could be siloed if we trust that the father gives good gifts. Um, yeah. Well, it's like uh, my I remember. Uh, there's two two things here. I got some more scripture I want to share. Um, but I remember an example one time. I can't remember if it was my dad or if it was my mom, but they were talking to me about um, about how you how I chose friends and how I chose whether somebody was a good friend or a bad friend. And I was like, I, I said, well, by the way they behave and what they do, like do they do good, do good things or do they do bad things. And he said, so you don't decide whether somebody's a good friend based off of the house they live in. Mm. So your best friend, do you know what kind of house they live in? Well, and at that time as a kid, I, I don't know. I've never been over their house. You know, because, you know, kids, yeah. boys, yeah. we don't we do not do that. We just go play out. Play, and, yeah. yeah. No. Well, did you know that so-and-so lived in a trailer? Who cares? Yeah. He's a good friend. He's a good, good person. Exactly. Right. And that was such a huge lesson for me as a kid that you don't make your judgment call on whether something is good or bad by the shell that it's in that it's in. You make the judgment call on the fruit that it produces. Mm. Yeah. 
So in Matthew 6, if you go before the whole be anxious thing, Mm -hmm. I find it very interesting that previous before Jesus talks about anxiousness, he talks about treasures. Mm -hmm. And he says in in verse 19, he says, Do not lay up for yourself treasures on on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal, but lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven there uh, where neither moth nor rust destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. The eye is the lamp of the body. So if, if your eye is healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light is uh, the light in you is darkness, how great is the darkness. No one can serve two masters. For either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and money. I think that is very applicable to how we do church. You cannot have a church that sole existence is based off of off of the exterior, the shell. Mm. That is treasures on earth. We can build a beautiful building. I mean, we've got a multi-million dollar budget here at Spotswood. Mm. Millions of dollars. I'm pretty sure for a couple million dollars, half our budget, we could go build another beautiful building. We could probably figure it out, you know, but it doesn't matter how beautiful the building is. It doesn't matter if it looks like an established church. It doesn't matter if if it looks like a, like an emerging church. Our student building probably lends itself more to an emerging church. You know, the way that it looks on the mm-hmm. outside. Yeah. Um, it th- th- Those kind of things don't matter. That's treasures in hev- or it, treasures on earth. Caring about the way that it looks is treasures on earth. Yeah. Caring about what happens inside it is treasures in heaven. Mm. So don't get caught up. Don't get wrapped up. In this treasures on earth thing, because where it's going to lead you is exactly where Jesus took you right, take, takes you right after that. You're going to be caught up in anxiousness. You're going to be caught up in, well, what if this gets taken? What if this happens? What if, what if, what if, what if, yeah. what if, what if, what if, what if? That's all this what ifs. And then Jesus is telling you, quit worrying about the what if. Mm. The, these flowers are more beautiful than anything Solomon ever had, and they don't sit around and worry. Mm. Don't you think you're more valuable than a flower? Yeah. Don't you think God's church is more valuable than a sparrow? You know, like there's all the, we got to start thinking that way. Get out of the anxiousness. And I really think that this whole emerging versus established church thing will start disappearing. Yeah. But we got more to talk about that later. You know, we're, we're coming up on some time. So let's dive into, um, let's dive into some yay, nay, or pray. We need a theme song for yay, nay, or pray. We do. You know me. I gotta find a jingle. I gotta find something. Oh goodness, he'll send me a whole playlist. And it's recorded, so I can say that she told me I no, had no, to no. do this. No, no, no. I meant like write one, like a jingle, like yeah, nay, or pray, like something, like that would be fun. That would be fun. All right, everyone. <laughs> Good luck next week when you hear our new jingle. That's right. Um, um. So, what song are we doing, Bailey? Gyra. All right. Gyra comes from the new Maverick City album. I think we talked about that in the last podcast. Maybe two podcasts ago, yeah. I think. Old Church, yeah, Basement. Old Church Basement. This is probably the big hit from Old Church Basement. Yeah. We did the song Old Church Basement. Mm-hmm. But um, this is the one that everybody, if you listen to the radio, this is the one that comes on the radio. Yeah. Um, There is some 
controversy with Jaira. Um, we say controversy. I mean, we found some controversy, but we did look for it. I will say, yes. <laughs> at least I did. <laughs> yeah, ba- Bailey is really good about going and and just nitpicking songs because she doesn't want to get up there, and neither do I. I want to get up there and sing something that is theologically not sound. Um, or it could be interpreted as theologically right. unsound. Because not everybody is on the same spiritual plane, right? right? There's different, depending on how long you've been a believer, you may understand things better than others. And we, we're we charged with leading all of those people mm-hmm. in worship, so we don't want to trip anybody up. Yeah. Is that fair? Yeah. So, Jaira, some folks are a little uneasy about it because of the way some of the lyrics are constructed. Are you pulling the lyrics up, Bailey? Yep, I've got them up. Okay, just read some of those for me. Hmm, which part? There's a lot of lyrics. Uh, <laughs> read, a ver- song. <laughs> read verse one. Just read verse one um, of the chorus. I'll never be more loved than I am right now. Wasn't holding you up, so there's nothing I can do to let you down. It doesn't take a trophy to make you proud. I'll never be more loved than I am right now. Um, and the next part says, going through a storm, but I won't go down. I hear your voice carried in the rhythm of the wind to call me out. You would cross an ocean so I wouldn't drown. You've never been closer than you are right now. Okay. So verse one, um, I wasn't holding you up, so I can't let you down. And that's the kind of the gist of mm-hmm. part of yeah. part of verse one. So there's a little bit of controversy out there that we can't disappoint God. That's the controversy. Mm. I wasn't holding you up, so I can't let you down. I think looking at that through the lens of criticism, of like, I'm going to find something wrong with this song, I get where you're coming from uh, because you can let down God. Yeah. You know, we, we are sinful creatures, and we can do things that do not meet his expectation, Yeah. which means we can let him down. Um. But with that being said, I'm 99.9999999% sure that that's not what the author meant when they wrote that. I think what they're saying is we are not, God doesn't fall apart when we mess up. Yeah. That's what they mean. So when you, when the, when the lyricist writes, um, I wasn't holding you up, so I can't let you down. That's what they're talking. They're talking about that. So if you look at it through the eye of criticism, mm. of I want to find something wrong with this song, I think that's the result you're going to come up with. Yeah. And could it be interpreted that way? Yeah. But a good worship leader is going to explain a song and explain its heart at some point in time mm. to their congregation. Um. Otherwise, we just all need to go stick our head in the sand and not be engaged at all in the church at large worship yeah. culture yeah well i think the the lyric to look at is the lyric in the first part that says wasn't holding you up so and when i think of that i think of like physically holding everything that god is in my hands and holding him up right um and yeah sure it goes to say there's nothing i can do to let you down i i view it for through the eyes of like a metaphor of like I mean, physically holding God, if we were to let go of him, he's not going to shatter. So, right. like, we can't let him down physically. I know they, in, within that metaphor, they meant, like, oh, like, letting God down, like, disappointing him. But I also think there's a big nod to, like, grace, what grace is. Because um, it's very biblical 
that like sin disgusts God. Absolutely. Like, yes, he does not like sin and like we're sinful creatures. So therefore, you know, the inevitable happens. Right. Um, but we said this in the very first episode and I'll say it until I go to the grave that worship songs are full of metaphors. Yes. They just are. They have to be or they wouldn't be interesting songs. Um, the Psalms are full of metaphors. Yeah. Yeah. And so I feel like I read into the metaphor of that. And I also know there was a little bit of um, nitpicking in the fact that, you know, in the song it goes on to say or talk about like, I'm loved, I'm chosen, I know who I am, you know, that's enough, you're enough, I'm enough kind of thing. And there's a point in the song where they say, I am enough. Mm -hmm. And I saw someone criticizing it and saying like, well, we're not enough. Like we're not, we're not, we're not. And it's like, man, how sad do you make the grace of God seem when you say like, we're not enough? Because the song makes it super clear before they go into saying that of, you know, I'm already loved more than I can imagine. His truth says, you know, that's better than anything um, he declared over us that we're enough now that we have him. Like it says all of those things. So to take that one lyric and be like, we're not enough. It's like, what, he literally fulfills us. Apply your, apply your, your hermeneutic, her, hermeneutical practices that you use on scripture here. Mm. Am I just going to read uh, Jesus wept Let's, let's and not, not find out why he wept Yeah, let's hope and not. then just tell everybody, Man, Jesus just sits around and cries all the time. Mm. Do you know that? Yeah. Jesus just sits around and cries. Apply those hermeneutical practices here. Read the, the all the lyrics of the song and come up with a conclusion based off of the intention of the artist. Yeah. Intention of the worship leader. Yeah. Don't just, I mean, I it just it blows my mind, and, and, and I'm going to bring this back to the discussion we just had, mm-hmm. that... If we are constantly looking at the at people that are different than us and do things slightly different than us through the lens of criticism, which is going back to the emerging and established church issue, mm-hmm. if we are constantly doing that, what do you think you're going to find? You're always going to find something wrong. Yeah. yeah. You're always going to find something wrong. You don't want them to succeed. You don't want them to be successful. As a church, can we stop doing this mm. to each other? Can we stop eating our own? Yeah. Can we stop destroying our brothers and sisters in Christ? I'm not saying that you don't confront people when they do something theologically incorrect, but let's not assume that the person across the table is always theologically incorrect. Right. Let's not go into it with the attitude of I'm gonna rip this person. Right. Because they wear skinny jeans and a and a, you know, flannel shirt as opposed to wearing, you know, like right now, Gen Z is real popular wearing like the, the old school, like relaxed fit jeans, mm-hmm. high waist pant. Like, look, can we stop looking at each other that way and, and look at like right now, Bailey is dressed very differently than me. She's dressed in a, in more of a, a younger vibe. I'm dressed. I look like I'm dressed like I was when I was in college right mm-hmm. now. I don't look across the table and see Bailey as based off the way she's dressed. I look at Bailey I see a human mm. that God created in his image. We got to start looking at each other that way. Yeah. And when we look at these songs, we can't be hypercritical um, just because we want to prove the person that looks different than us wrong. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and all that to say, 
we're actually introducing this song at Spotswood yes. <laughs> in a few weeks. So, um, doing it with the students first, is that correct? No, we're doing it on July 4th, I believe. Okay. At least that's the plan. I that, say that. That may change. Yeah, it may change. We're, we're talking to Pastor Drew actually about July 4th today, so he may nix that. But yeah. we are introducing it to the students the following week um, at summer camp, so be on the lookout. But So then, for us, it's a yay. It's a yay, yeah. Um, and, you know, for the condition and, like, the posture of our congregation, we feel like it's very fitting. Um, we felt like it was extremely fitting for our students um, because something that is – really big right now and i think like the church definitely needs to address um if you want to pull it in this direction is mental health and wondering you know if you are enough and if the lord can you know redeem you from your circumstances and um all of those things and i think this song is great encouragement in that way um for especially the younger generation that the Lord does make you enough and like he does fulfill you in those ways. And, you know, you are always loved and you are always wanted here. Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, it's a yay from us. Yeah. All always everybody remember just to make sure for clarity's sake, we are not enough, but Jesus's sacrifice on the cross makes it enough. That's what, that's what we're saying. Just want to make sure there's transparency there. There, we are not saying that you are enough on your own because the truth of the matter is scripture makes it very clear that by ourselves, we are not yeah. capable of, of, of worshiping God. We need Jesus to mm-hmm. be able to do it. So, um, that's, that's the heart of the song. That's why we're introducing it and it's going to be a great, great, great yep. song. We're excited. All right, so uh, we want to hear your questions. So ask and connect with us. Connect with us uh, on on social media at Spotswood Creative. We're on Instagram and Facebook. Or you can email us at spotswoodcreative at spotswood.org. Be sure to rate the podcast and share it. And we will be back in a couple weeks. And uh, Bailey? Keep it 100. <laughs> <laughs>